0: You're listening to the Hard Hedge, UVA's only independent basketball podcast, hosted by two guys, one of whom happens to be a fake coach. Fake coach.
1: Get up out your seat, you can have my drink, let me see
0: you dance. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Pittman and
2: Phony Bennett.
0: When the sun falls, the sun falls, in the, the moon lights, might be
1: a hell of a night. Go,
2: go. Welcome out there, Virginia fans, for another summer edition of the Hard Hedge. We are thrilled to have you with us tonight. Um, you know, it, we're in the dog days of summer. Football's right around the corner, but I know most of you listen to this podcast. Well, we're itching for this uh, basketball season to get underway. There's so many exciting things happening right now. Joining me as always... My main man phony Bennett, what's up buddy? How you doing? What's up
0: man? I'm uh I'm doing very well. I'm excited to have the guest we have on tonight cuz this guy uh probably has more access than anyone else in his role. So uh we we should be, uh, be able to give you a lot of great information tonight.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh with us tonight is our our insider uh to the program and and uh Jeff Jeff White is joining us. Jeff uh your your podcast the last time uh, I've gone back and listened to them, and, and I think that it's, it's it's probably the best one that we did. Just the most informative for the fans. We love having you on, man. I hope you're having a fantastic summer. How you doing, buddy?
1: Yeah, yeah, the summer's going well. It's uh, pretty much over now with uh, classes starting next week and football getting ready to go. But, uh, yeah, it was a good summer. It started on a high note with uh, the College World Series in Omaha and that championship, sure and uh, it, it's been good ever since
2: yeah absolutely and and obviously I know you're uh knee deep in football stuff right now with uh kickoff right around the corner here, but um you know we wanted to bring you on and just you know you've got this the access that that uh we all would love to have you see these guys all summer long you you were in the practices uh you've seen' them on campus and the development of their bodies what- what has stood out to you overall uh on this basketball roster over the summer and what kind of um you know really has piqued your interest so far this summer?
1: You know, it was a little different summer because it's such a veteran group. I mean, some some years you look forward to, you know, this influx of multiple newcomers. Like, that was the case last year with the class, that you know, Darius Thompson showing up, and, and Jack Salt, and Mario Shayok, and Isaiah Wilkins, and B.J. Stith. So, you know, you had this new group, you know, uh, like others, I'd seen some highlights of them on YouTube and everything, but had not actually seen them in the flesh. You know, so it's fun to watch, get your, make your first impressions of those guys, see them playing pickups, see them practicing. This was a little different summer just because, you know, the only newcomer was Jer- Jared Reuter. Uh, Austin Nichols got to town this week, but he didn't get here. He didn't transfer in in time to take part in any of the summer stuff. So, you know, Jared was really the only new face. So, you know, it was fun to watch him play, see how he changed his body over the, you know, two months that he was here, but then also look at the returning players and see who had improved and and what changes there were in them. And, you know, there were, you know, I think everybody probably got better to varying degrees. A guy like Anthony Gill probably does not have as much room to improve as as maybe a younger player would, but you know that that part's always really fun to see. And you know I've learned that you can't draw too many conclusions from summer and particularly from pickup games because it doesn't always translate, you know, into a more structured environment in the college game. But you know you, you do get a good idea how guys are coming along and who's working hard.
2: So, uh, what do you think about Brad Soderberg and and what uh, the interaction you've seen so far with him, with the players, and and any new wrinkles he's brought in? I saw that uh, he's been heavy into the three on three, really trying to get these guys a little more accustomed with playing with each other, and that's kind of something that he had done a lot on his teams in the past. What have your impressions been of him so far?
1: Yeah, he's an extremely hard worker, and uh, you know he's just an easy fit with the with the holdover coaches, obviously he's got as a relationship with Tony Bennett that goes way, way back. So there's an, an immediate comfort level, um, you know, with the head coach and, and, you know, he just fits in well with the philosophy and, and, and and personality, you know, he's, he's a real hard worker, but also an easygoing guy too. you know, off the court. So, uh, you know, I don't know the particulars of what, you know, what he's going to add as a coach, as an exes and O's guy, but I know he's very, you know, has a lot of expertise in that area. And he's very well respected, uh, you know, as an on-court coach and as an X's and O's guy. So, you know, if there are some wrinkles next season, it, you know, it may well be a result of uh, Brad's having joined the staff, but, you know, he's someone that I think that Tony Bennett has immense confidence and trust in, just like he did with Richie McKay. So, you know, though he doesn't have the title that Richie had of associate head coach, you know, I, I think he's someone whose opinion uh, Tony Bennett will really trust.
0: Well, speaking of coaches, uh, Mike Curtis has been getting, I, I think, a lot of good publicity this summer. I mean, he's probably uh, uh, gotten the most positive pub of any of our coaches of for the summer, but I still don't. I'm, I'm not sure that it's enough. Uh, you know, we we've seen these guys the way they transform from the time they get on grounds to the time they leave. He's got so much to do with it. Talk about his role in the success of this program.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's funny. He he's is so publicity averse, and uh, you know, because I work in the department, he will ultimately agreed to do interviews with me. They're often real short ones and it's like pulling teeth uh, to get him to do it. So he really doesn't like the spotlight shining on him at all. He just wants to work behind the scenes. But, uh, you know, he, I think it's a satisfying job for him and that you can really, you know, when you take a young man at that age, you know, you really have an opportunity to, to change their body, change their fitness level, their conditioning, and everything. And, uh, you know, he's he's another guy who ha I don't really know the relationship at every school between the head coach and the coaching staff and the strength and conditioning coach. I'm sure it varies from, from place to place, but I know that you know, the coaches at Virginia have absolute faith in him and trust in him. You know, and and if he says, Hey, we need to cut back on practice, the guys are wearing down or we need to do this, you know, they're gonna listen to him and and, and act on his suggestions. So, uh he's a huge component in the summer, just like with football, you know, in the off season, the strength coaches tend to have more direct contact with the players than the other coaches do. And, you know, this is his time to really have an extended period of strength and conditioning with these players. And, and you know, he, they all do some things that are the same, but every player has a, a unique program as well. And you've got guys who come and lean, who he needs to put weight on. Then you get a kid like Jared Reuter who came in, with carrying some extra weight, needed to get better shape, uh, you know, and, and the challenge is different there for Mike Curtis. He's, he's taken weight off a guy like Reuter. So it's a little different with everybody, but it it is kind of remarkable to see the bodies change on these guys, you know, in a short period of time and then over the course of their careers. Uh, you know, Toby Toby's bigger, Isaiah Wilkins, for example, you know, you know, he's, he's put on a lot of weight, and it, it's all solid weight. You can tell that just looking at
0: him. Yeah, you know, I wonder how consultative is that approach with the other coaches. I mean, are, are is uh, Tony saying, hey, I I want this guy to have more muscle, or is Mike Curtis just saying, I'm going to make you the best version of you?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's collaborative, and, and you know, I, but, I mean, Mike – I don't know the intricacies of, of Mike Curtis's philosophy, but I know it's all about functional movement. And, you know, he's not worried about how much a guy can bench press. I mean, his goal is not to have, you know, a guy bench pressing the most he possibly can. It's to have guys do basketball movements better, you know, move better on the court, be more agile, be quicker, be more explosive. Uh, you know, and, and I know that... uh you know, I don't know how it's unconventional, but I know people have told me that it is kind of unconventional. <laughs> some of the stuff he does, uh, you he know, the, the way they lift weights, the way they work. So uh, I don't know. It's good. What you ought to do is try to get him on the podcast. I don't think it'll ever happen. <laughs> right? Uh, I, you know, I was thinking he's about not on, He's not big on doing interviews, and, uh, <laughs> and he can get super technical. I, I do know that. You know, about the exercises he does and his philosophy, but. I mean, that guy studies his craft constantly. He, uh, I mean, if you go to the hotel workout room before a game, I mean, he'll be on the treadmill with a laptop or a book open in front of him. And it's not beats reading he's doing. It's something related to his profession. You know, he's always trying to get better at what he does and, and in turn make the players better. So, I mean, he's a tremendous asset to the program. And yeah, I think that's why, you know, Coach Bennett in particular, you know singles him out every good opportunity he has because he's absolutely invaluable to the whole
2: team and the, re- the the recruits seem to single him out also but uh for us to get him on this podcast jeff we're going to need the old jeff white uh <laughs> kick yeah. in the beer because we need some help we need some help i don't him. have a lot
1: of pull with him when it comes to that <laughs> uh, which is funny because uh he knows how it works but yeah you do you do see that the comments from the recruits and uh you know, I know that played a role in, in Austin Nichols' decision. That was a selling point, at least. Uh, you know, when he after he had decided to leave Memphis and he was looking for, you know, a, a landing spot. The fact that Mike Curtis is in Virginia and and that Mike has you know an NBA background for for players who have aspirations of playing in the NBA. Absolutely. Mike has worked at that level. He knows what NBA players. You know, look like how they move. You know what you have to have physically to succeed at that level. So, if there's a guy, you know, who, who's a candidate to play at that level, he, he could certainly benefit from from his time with Mike.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, have there been any 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 of the kids coming back that that have, you know, not only physically, but you watched in practice and you thought, you know, okay, this guy's you know his shots developing, or, or this guy's improving here and there. Any anybody that stood out to you that. That you think is ready to take a big step forward?
1: You know, I I think Isaiah Wilkins will. I, I think Mario Shayok will kind of pick up where he left off and, and just be a better version of what we saw last year. Uh, you know, he's more comfortable, he's more confident. You know, Jack Salt has come, in, you know, miles and miles and miles from when he first set foot in the gym you know, last in May of 2014, is, you know, the issue with Jack is not really going to be him as much as it is the veterans who were all, you know, kind of ahead of him on the depth chart. Sure. You know, if he doesn't play a lot this year, it won't be because, you know, the coaches aren't high on him and he doesn't have a bright future. It'll probably be more because Anthony Gill and Mike Toby and Isaiah Wilkins and, and, You know Evan Nolte are gobbling up those minutes. There's there's only eighty minutes a game at the four and the five, and you know, in all likelihood, you know Toby and Gil in particular are are, going to eat up a lot of those minutes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Evan Nolte, to me, uh, Jeff seems to kind of be the forgotten senior uh, of these these veterans that are coming back. Uh, you know, but uh, it it we we've done some polls on Twitter and stuff, and you know, there, there seems to be a, a consistent amount of folks that believe that he could still sneak into the starting lineup. Uh, you know, what do you what are your expectations, you know, for Evan this year, and and do, do you think that, um, you know, he's going to be one of the the key rotation guys?
1: You know it's hard to predict because you know he ended up playing a lot of three last year after Justin Anderson got hurt and. You know, that's not his best position. I, I think all parties would agree on that. But he he did do a good job while Justin was out in the team, you know, played well and won some really important games. So he's an option at the three. I don't know if that's where Coach Bennett sees him as the best fit. So, uh, you know, it may depend how the guys are doing on the wing. If 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 the three is capably covered by other players, then I would think, You know, Evan would play mostly as a stretch four. Uh, And in that case, it's tough to predict, you know, how much any of these guys are going to play. And I may be going out on a limb, you know, talking about Gil and Toby, but, you know, I think Gil in particular is a a proven commodity. And if he's not in foul trouble, he's going to be on the court an awful lot. I mean, he's an all ACC candidate, he's probably an all American candidate. I I think Mike T- Toby is ready to have that breakout year that Akil Mitchell had as a senior 2 2 years ago and and Darion Atkins had last season so you know I expect Mike to have by far the best season he's had at Virginia and if he's playing that well you know I think he's going to be on the court a lot so that that makes it tough to predict you know where Evan fits in, where Isaiah fits in, you know, where Jared Water fits in, where Jack Salt does. But, yeah, I, I do think a key for, I mean, at the risk of stating the obvious, the more Evan can make shots, the more valuable he is to the team. I mean, he does a lot of intangible things, and he plays good defense and, and makes smart passes and has a high basketball IQ. But, you know, he's also a guy who has been, you know, a dangerous sh- shooter at times in his career, and and on a team that you know doesn't have a ton of dead-eye shooters right now. If Evan can go into games and hit three pointers, I think he's going to earn himself a lot more playing time. Yeah,
2: talk- yeah I'll think- go
0: ahead. Uh, I was going to uh, say talking going back to Anthony Gill. It, it's funny because even Brendan had a really nice article uh, about him yesterday. I think. Yeah, it was. yeah, that was. Uh, you know, and and it got me thinking. You know. I don't know that I think Anthony Gill is the best player on our team, but he's the one guy that I want to touch it every time we get it down court. I, I love the offense when it's working through him because I think he can do so much with it. He can get the contact. Uh, you know, he's working on his moves. I'd like to see uh, maybe learn a few more moves from junior borough, Uh you know, that, that little up and under, but uh, I mean, he he's a guy that I think if we run our offense through him, we can have a whole lot of success. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Was- you know, I, it, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say he was the seventh rated player uh, and, and player of the year rankings, according to Ken Pomeroy, seventh best player in the country and that's, he's remarkably efficient uh, and he's a guy that, you know, can can beat you in a lot of ways. And, and he is definitely a veteran that uh, plays within himself at the, at the same time. And, and you know, he's going to gobble up as many minutes as, as are possible in there. I'm wondering if, You know, we've heard some rumblings uh, of maybe uh, a little bit more of a willingness to go small in which you could have Anthony or Toby at the five, uh, and then Evan Nolte as a stretch four to really open up the floor. I think if he can get going and play more as that stretch four and hit perimeter shots as a four man, it's going to open up a lot of space for these other guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there are a lot of options for this team. You know, I, I mean, I know the summer is a time for experimentation, you know, and you know, see, I don't. You don't necessarily know that what you saw in the summer is what you'll see in the winter. But you know, there are some guys on the team. You know, Darius Thompson, who sat out last season after transferring from Tennessee, is really good in unsettled situations. You know, in the open court, you know, fast breaks or. You know, just when things are kind of at a fast pace, he's a very athletic guy who can get to the basket and and finish there. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to be a terrific player. And, you know, I think the coaches realize that his skill set is maybe a little different than that of some other guards they've had. And, and, you know, they're going to try to figure out ways to, to use him because, you know, the more effective he is, the better the team's going to be. So it'll it'll be fun to see what the offense looks like. There are lots of options. You know, can go small. Could put out a, you know a really big lineup. Uh, I mean, you could play Toby and Gill, and then Nolte at the three, or you know Wilkins at the three, and then you've got you know Malcolm Brogdon if he's at the two, he's a you know six five powerful guy. You could play Darius Thompson at the point, so you could have you know six five six five in the backcourt. <laughs> six seven at the three, three six eight and seven foot so you know
0: they, they can go a lot of different ways oh, that, that'd be crazy to see
2: yeah, what do you we... think about uh what do you think about reuter jeff is he a retro candidate
1: you know i don't i don't know i know that um you know they try not to rush those decisions at all and they really like to let it play out you know he's a He's a he's a really savvy player. He's got some nice moves inside. He's not as big as some of the other guys. He's not as athletic, but he's a, he's a powerful guy, and he's a much better. He, he left Charlottesville to go back to New England in much better shape than he arrived. I mean, I think he was around about 250, I think, when he left, and he was 272 when he showed up. And, and you could really see his body, how it had changed. And, uh, you know, he was moving better. Um, I think that that's just that's hard to predict uh yeah, I think that could be an option for him, but uh you know he, he he may well also be a guy who can help his team win and you know do do some different things so he sees the floor really well, he passes well, he's got a nice touch around the basket uh you know I think for him to be effective at the college level ultimately he'll need to be. You know a real good face up shooter he, he's not necessarily like big enough or tall enough to just work exclusively in the low post so uh you know the better he gets at at adding the face up jumper to his jump hook and everything I think the better player he'll be
0: well let's uh let's talk about London for a minute if we can i mean I know probably the biggest criticism most people have had of him is that he doesn't uh shoot enough you know he's he's, uh he's pass first which is great but sometimes you need that extra threat do you think that's something we might see more of this year or is is everyone content with uh the the way he's playing that role
1: you know i think he's shooting well they'd be happy and I, i think he's a you know i think he's a better shooter than you know than he showed you know last season though he had that you know crazy game against miami but you know i think he has the potential to be and and should be one of the team's best three-point shooters. And he's got good form on his shots. He kind of knows when to take shots. And uh, he's deferred at times when he's had really good options around him, I think, when other players have been out. I think when Justin went out, he, you know, tried to take on a little bit more of an offensive load with some mixed results. But, uh, you know, I think being an upperclassman with as much experience as he has, uh, you know, he won't hesitate to look for a shot, and and you know, the, the team needs three point shooters, uh, and consistent ones. And you know, if he can do that from the, from the point, then, and that's another thing that just makes the team better and opens up, you know, opens up the interior for players like Gill and Toby and and Wilkins, which, uh, you know, which is a huge asset to the team. So, uh, you know, I don't know what to. You know, I don't really know what to expect from him. Except I think he'll probably be a little more consistent than last year. Last year was kind of a tough year. He had he had the broken nose. He had some other injuries. Uh, you know, hopefully he'll be healthier from day one this year.
0: Is he working on uh, bringing the ball up any quicker? Is that something that he's been asked to uh, think about? giving the shorter shot clock, or are we just rolling with that?
1: You know, I, I don't know. You know, it, it, they did so much three on three this summer that there was not a lot of like five on five, particularly five on five defensive work. I know Coach Bennett let lose that stuff, you know, t- till the fall really. So I, I'm as curious as anyone to see, you know, how the the shorter shot clock is going to affect how the whole thing looks. Uh, yeah I think on defense i'm I'm like everyone else, I think it's only going to make that defense tougher to crack having five fewer seconds to get a shot off uh I'm not really sure what 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 it's going to look like offensively I, I definitely think teams will you know a, everyone will try to get the the ball up a little quicker and and Virginia won't be any exception but uh exactly what it'll look like you know I'm not sure it'll it'll be fun to watch.
2: Well, let me ask you about, you know, one last guy that we talked about some on the last podcast, a guy that that I've been really high on and been itching to see play more minutes. And uh, Justin Anderson on this podcast singled him out as somebody that he thinks is going to be a difference maker. And Malcolm Brogdon this summer has said that 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 uh, Devin Hall could could surprise folks. Uh, Have you heard anything more about his development and uh, expectations for him going into this season?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's got an opportunity. He, he he had a good summer. I mean, he he has really worked like tremendously hard on the strength and conditioning part of it and and he's much leaner and more explosive than he was when uh, you know when he, when he showed up. And he's been in the program now. Like, going into his third year, so I mean, he knows this system and you know, I think there will be opportunities for him to play and I, I think he'll take advantage of. I I've been a Devin Hall fan as well. Uh, he's been a victim of a little bit of kind of a, a you know a, a numbers crunch in the backcourt, but with Justin leaving, uh, you know there are Justin minutes available. Of course, Darius Thompson is now eligible, so you know he's going to get some of those minutes too. But yeah, you know, I think that Devin can play you know the two and the three and, and and make shots. Uh, you know if he can make three pointers in games the way he often does in practice. He
2: will be a a huge asset to the team. Yeah, I, I just, I think that a lot of folks have been kind of wondering, you know, why he didn't get more minutes, maybe in garbage time or early in, in games against some of the lesser opponents last year. And you're right, it was just a numbers crunch for the majority of the season. They, they had guys they wanted to prepare, but look. He's uh, only a redshirt sophomore as of now. You know, he's got two more years, and, and hopefully that uh, his patience will pay off and, and he'll really get an opportunity to, to make a difference here uh, in the well, year. I mean,
1: you well, know, I mean, the amazing thing is he's got three years left. He's got three seasons left. Three seasons, and, uh, right. You know, it seems like he's been here for a long time, and, and he has, but I mean, he's a guy really early in his career. And, you know, if he could carve out a role this year, you know, then. You know Malcolm leaves after this season, and and you know more minutes open up. So uh, you know I hope he can. He you know he's a tremendous, you know tremendously hard worker. You know very upbeat guy in practice, and uh, you know well liked by his teammates and coaches. So I, I know everyone's rooting for him.
0: All right, let's talk about athleticism for a minute because we you talked about Darius Thompson a few minutes ago, and he's a guy that I've been like just anxious to see him. Like you, you and and some of the others, you know, keep telling us how good he is in the open court. Uh, where how how do you say his athleticism compares to someone we've seen like Isaiah Wilkins? you know it's different cuz he's just you know he he's long,
1: he's leaner i mean he's not a bulky guy at all but he's real long and very explosive and uh i mean he I, i'm i don't really get into dunks that much so i certainly appreciate uh justin dunks but Darius has had in summer games, just pickup games mostly, but just some of the most spectacular dunks I've seen in Virginia. I mean, he can really get up, and he's a guy you can do an alley oop to, you know, for a dunk. Uh, but you know, Isaiah's more power. Isaiah's bigger, heavier, more powerful. Um, you know, I think Darius is, is a little quicker than that as you would think, I and mean, as a guard. But he's got real long arms. I think he'll be you know, has the potential to be a, a really good defensive player just as well as he moves laterally and with his long arms and his height, um, you know, when he's out there with Brogdon and, and, you know, Devin Hall. And, you know, those those are tall, long guys who, you know, make it tough for opponents to find the passing lane. So, you know, I I, th- I think he's going to you know, be a great addition to the team. Uh you know, I, I don't think it's any secret that he's been an inconsistent outside shooter. You know, Darius has improved his shooting since he, in, in the year he's been at Virginia, but you know, until he gets into a game where the stakes are a lot higher, I'm not totally sure what to expect from him in that aspect of the game. But you know, I know he's gotten better at it and he's worked hard at it, and, and he can contribute in a lot of different ways. He really sees the court well and uh, is a good passer and a very unselfish player.
0: You got a comparison for like to a uh, Virginia player that fans might know? I mean, Adam Hall, Jamal no, Robinson. I'm
1: trying, I'm trying to think. I, you know I'm not sure because he's uh, you know he's better with the ball than like a Cornell Parker was, which is going back a ways. But uh, I remember you know, I, I think I think, he, <laughs> I think he could be a really good de- defensive player. Uh, you know he should be. I mean and he came from you know that team he played for in Tennessee was an outstanding defensive team, and I know it. You know, Coach Martin's principles, uh, his defensive philosophy is not necessarily the mirror image of Coach Bennett. So, you know, there are differences. But he came from a program that emphasized defense. So I think that has made the transition easier for him, a little easier at least.
2: Well, that's what's interesting is is we've talked about so many different guys, Jeff, and uh, I feel like there's three or four that we haven't even talked about yet. The depth is is really impressive, and it's just hard to try to. You know, I'm I'm glad I'm not on this coaching staff trying to figure out which five I'm going to have on the floor because it's it's going to be difficult at times and uh, you know you just got to hope that these guys stay patient and hungry and, and just work for work for their role on the team because th- this is kind of depth that we haven't had in a long time and then you know we lose some key guys and then have a great class coming in Austin Nichols we haven't even really touched on yet before we sign off uh, you know why don't you just uh, he's only been on campus a week I'm not sure if you've gotten to see him play but
0: that'd be uh, grounds we- Mike.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I you know sorry. what I'm, I, I,
1: I just I met him today for the first time. I think he he just got into town uh, yesterday or, or, or Monday, so he hadn't been in long, and I, I'm not sure there are any other players in town right now. So I haven't seen him play. He's he's a big he's a big young man. I mean he's he looked to be every bit of six nine, and you know he's got a whole year to uh, to work with Mike you know to work with Mike Curtis. To work on their game to learn the system, uh, you know, and, and when he becomes eligible, and you know, he becomes eligible as Mike, Kobe, Anthony Gill, and Evan Nolte head out the door, you know, after their senior season, so yeah, it was a great opportunity for him, you know, the timing is just ideal for, for all parties in this regard, and, um, you know, he'll be a tremendous addition to the team, and you know, I can't believe we've gone this far and there has not been one question or word about Malcolm Brogdon who you I know, know. most would consider the best player on the team. Uh, yeah. You know, I think that speaks to just the depth of the team. And yeah, Well, what I think, you know, you we know
0: think we're not necessarily expecting or, or thinking he needs to be anything more than Malcolm.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, you know, I think he, will, you know, he works tremendously hard on his game, so I imagine he'll find ways to improve. I mean, he's a guy you look at. There's not as much room for improvement it, it, It's smaller things and uh, you know details he, he he can get better at. But uh, I mean, he's a he's an all-American and he's a returning all-American. And uh, you know, between Anthony Gill and Malcolm Brogdon, I mean, to have not only to have two fifth-year seniors to begin with, but to have two fifth-year seniors who are that good is just that's a you know that's almost unheard of in college basketball. I mean, yep. You know, there aren't that many fifth-year seniors to begin with, you know, who haven't transferred programs in the union. And these are two elite college basketball players. And, and then, you know, Mike Toby, then you look at the rest of the team. You know, Mike Toby has played uh, a lot of college basketball, as has Evan Nolte. London parenthesis is, you know, only a junior, but he's, basically started every game of his college career. So, uh, you know, Mariel Shayok got valuable experience last year, as did Isaiah Wilkins. Darius Thompson has played college basketball before. There's only one true freshman on the team. I mean, I, I'm not sure there's going to be a more experienced team in college basketball. And it's not just a bunch of seniors, you know, who haven't played either. It's, you know, these are upperclassmen with impressive resumes, which is which is a tremendous luxury for the coaching staff to
0: have. Well, it's, it's weird to think that with the exception of Reuter, all these guys have played together for a season. Uh, yeah, I remember two years ago, like, watching our early season games, which really culminated in that Tennessee loss, The you could tell there were just all these lineups that hadn't played with each other, and it, it looked, you know, it looked more like a pickup game where, where guys are trying to learn each other's tendencies, but, I mean, I'm a big believer in experience, and so with with these guys having that, I I think that's kind of one of those intangibles that uh, really uh, gets us ready for this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's not a lot that these guys, you know, haven't been through. They've been through a lot of, you know, a lot of highs and, you know, a couple low points, too, and and, and I think they have learned from those in the past, and they will learned from the loss to Michigan State last year, you know, so, uh, they, but they Kind of run the gamut of the college basketball experience, and uh, you know that that's just the. Uh, I mean, talent is a wonderful thing too, but you know the combination of talent and experience is is, is a really you know wonderful thing for the program to have. I, th- I think it you know bodes well for next season. Yeah, obviously there's going to be a lot of expectations for the team, and and uh, you know it will need to stay humble and work hard. But I have no doubt that with Tony Bennett. Yeah, you know, as head coach, and the consistency he has, and the program he's built, and the pillars his program is based on. That, the, you know, the, the that that part's going to come. I, I have no concerns about that.
2: Well, that's an outstanding uh, uh, point to end it on, and I think it's all well well said. It's 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 just hard for Virginia fans uh, to wrap their head around the fact that this this program really is at the point where it's it's just re- reloading instead of rebuilding. Um, and, you know, it's it's going to be a special year. The experience, uh, the way you just put that, Jeff, it's pretty staggering what we have coming back. So very excited to see what happens. Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're extremely busy with gridiron stuff uh, right now, so, so we really pre- appreciate you coming in and giving us basketball junkies a little inside info. All right, happy to do it, guys. All right, Jeff, thanks a lot. All
0: right, talk to you later. All right, and that was Jeff White. We really appreciate Jeff's time coming on. Mike, I... Can't tell you how great it is to have uh, access to these kinds of guys who have access to the program uh it it makes me really happy we can provide this kind of info uh, yeah buddy
2: i I used to just wait for jeff white's summer articles uh you know two or three to come out every summer now we get to have them on the on the podcast and catch up it's fantastic
0: we're very lucky next week look out for the football very special football episode we've teased it a few times that should be dropping late next week and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun i think we've said before we've got at least one nfl player on it and uh, i believe one former nfl player so that's that's going to be a good time and then and uh, hopefully we get the schedule soon, this week, you think, Mike?
2: I, I, I'm hoping to see it this week. If not, it, it, within the next two weeks.
0: Good, and we'll, we'll have fun breaking that down. So, again, we appreciate you guys following us uh, on Twitter. He is at Wahoo Basketball, and I am at if Tony Tweeted. Uh, follow us, search The Hard Hedge on iTunes. Of course, if you're listening to this, you probably have a good idea where to find it. But make sure to subscribe so you can get the latest episode. That's it for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. Wahoo-wah. wahoo